0: Sally Suker is the founder of the Me Movement based out of Alexandria in New South Wales, not Egypt. Although Sally's heritage is from a beautiful country in that Middle Eastern region. Here are some fun facts about Sally. She holds a Bachelor of Exercise in Sports Science, majoring in health promotion, sports nutrition certificate, four-times bodybuilding competitor, kettlebell, TRX, spin, powerlifting, Olympic lifting qualifications? Rolling out a foundations of movement course she is? Now, training and nutrition aside, she loves her food and family. And she used to sing. At the Me Movement, Sally offers fitness training to help her customers achieve fitness goals and it really doesn't matter where they're at in their fitness journey just like my very self.
1: Hi, Sally. How are you doing? Hi, Jasmine. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on board. Well,
0: I'm really glad I found you on Instagram. I tend to meet people on Instagram these days and send them DMs.
1: That's the in thing now.
0: Last year, I joined Sally in her virtual training sessions, and that was actually really, really fun. I joined um, a group where Sal calls them her dream team, and she basically got us into shape and then try to make us kick some
1: lifestyle habits that were meant to be kicked off the planet. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what 2021 brings. It's time to turn on the light and, you know, see a lot of different changes. Bag
0: of flour again.
1: Right. I think that's the big question is like um, the first thing, I mean, I ask my clients, or even before they become my clients, I always ask them, why are you here? There has to be a big driver because I could have, thank you for my beautiful introduction, many many qualifications, uh, degrees and masters. Um, but if you're not willing, then uh, it's definitely going to be very challenging. It either won't happen, or you're going to hate the process, and you're not going to even you're not going to even begin because you become paralysed with so much that you have to do. So there has to be a big driver to why are you doing what you want to do? Like, why are you here?
0: So if I could ask you, what are the kinds of lifestyle habits that in your mind as a trainer are good? And what are the kinds of bad lifestyle choices that a lot of people make? They might not even know that they're doing it, but bad lifestyle choices. So what's good and what's bad?
1: I guess the first thing is we need to change the um, the wording and... Um it's not, nothing's either bad or good, and, and, and it's like food. Nothing, No food is bad or good. It's just what serves you, what nu- nurtures you, and what helps you live a better life and enjoy life, but also supporting your body. Um, so in terms of, of habits, the first thing I believe, it starts in the mind. It's the t- self-talk. There's so many times I've heard clients say things, and I've done it to myself um, and it's it's actually quite brutal the words that we say, so that's the first thing I would suggest that all it starts with the self talk. That's the habit that needs to change. If you can't change that, then um, there's there's um, it's going to be very hard for you to get a trainer or go into a gym and pay a membership when you still have those negative self talks.
0: So there are uh, research and statistics out there right now that about 9 out of 10 Aussies are actually dying of a non-communicable disease like diabetes or Alzheimer's. They're classified as lifestyle diseases. So what would you say to that person who's standing at that door, heading down a very dangerous tunnel of where NCDs are leading them to, and they have a choice to
1: make? So the question is, as a trainer, how do you entice somebody? You know what? Why do you want to do the things you do? Why do you want to get fit? Why do you want to improve your lifestyle factor? You know, um, if people say, well, you know, I don't want to get um, diabetes, why not? Oh, because, you know, my mum has it and I've seen how much she struggles and she's really young and she, you know, can't get out of a chair or she's constantly being um, made aware of her limbs because there could be a possibility that they could be amputated. And then, you know, she could go into a home and then, you know, what happens when you go, unfortunately, into a home? There's lots of slips and falls and you lose muscle. So can you see how the layers begin?
0: Yeah, I, I see how you're actually painting that that journey yes. if you go towards that tunnel, Yes,
1: right? yes. And, and then people say... I don't know where to start. Well, what can you do? Mm. What can you do? Mm. Can you drink water? Yeah, I can do that. Great. Do I, you like cooking? I, yeah, I do. I see, I see a lot of uh,
0: videos and, and pictures of you drinking water all the time. Yeah. What's, what's with that?
1: Because water is hydrating. It's great because it... It's great for the body. It's great for the kidneys. Um, You know, I was speaking to this urologist once and he's like, do you know the number one reason why people get, um, you know, kidney stones? I'm like, "Uh," he's like, because they don't drink enough water. Mm. Imagine, who wants a kidney stone? I don't want one. So you got to keep that bottle or keep that glass next to you. Make it into a game. Like I had one client who hated water, get a big bottle right down, you know, uh, on the side, I'm doing great, blah, 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 you're nearly there, come on. And, you know, some people, it's not palatable for them. That's fine. Add a bit of cordial. Don't like it? I've got a sugar-free Coke here. I'm a trainer. People say soft drinks are bad and artificial colours and flavours. You know, whatever works for you. Obviously, water is the number one thing. But tea, coffee, all that stuff. How much water do you drink in a day? Look, it, um, I think the Australian guidelines say, I think, two liters for women and then maybe two and a half for men. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on your activity level. So if you're going to be running, if you're going to be doing, um, if you're going to be working out, if you're going to be eating salty foods, you're going to listen to your body. You're going to drink more water. That's it. You've got to listen to the body. There's so much content out there, so much information. It's like, guys, what did your mum do?
0: Speaking of moms, your, your mom's Yasmin, isn't it? My mummy, yay! She's turning eighty this year. Oh wow! <laughs> Good on you, Yasmin. Oh, what was it like growing up in your household?
1: Did Did Yasmin cook? My mum is the best cook in the world. I guess everybody says that, but um she's just one of those mums. I'm sure there's many out there that just um has the hand of God touching her, and then she makes these meals, and I swear it's got lots of love. so she was uh, always baking, always nurturing, always in the garden, making salads, and um that's where my love of um, leafy greens came from, mm. you know my nieces um they call me a goat not the greatest of all time, the actual goat, because I'll go into the garden and I'll be like, mm, this is nice, nibble, this is nice. So people find that really bizarre that I eat, like I've got cucumbers here, but that's the uh, my ethnic background. We just pick from the ground and eat. So that's where my love of greens came from, from my mum, and the ability to, um, you know, make flavours work and have it fun. So in, in Australia, like, I mean, You were born here? Yes. And
0: all throughout childhood, you grew up eating what kinds of foods?
1: Middle Eastern food, eggplant, Mm -hmm. um, lots of spinach, like mincemeat. But traditionally in in the Middle East, like meat was very expensive. So anything, our meat was minimal. Mm -hmm. But lots of eggplant, um, lots of buckwheat, grains, Things like that, and uh, obviously lots of. It's called baklava, but people say baklava. Ah, baklava. Baklava. Ah, oh. in Arabic. So that's the beautiful pastries that you have. Yes, so. I love them. <laughs>
0: Absolutely love them.
1: So, you know, with rose water and yeah, it's. it's and you know, we got to back, go back to the old kind of saying: is moderation. I can't live life without my mum's sweets because that's there's nothing life for so me. What
0: what's your what are your ultimate favorite dishes?
1: Oh man, there's so many. I like soups that my mum makes. Uh-huh. I think I like the texture. What is it? it? Lentils. Um, or? So when I when I was nine years old, I went to Lebanon. And my auntie who's passed away, she made me this dish. It's called I'm going to say it shishbarak. Basically, I don't know what it means, but basically, it's like yogurt or goat's milk, and that they they have dough. It's kind of like ravioli, and they got mincemeat in it, pine nuts, Oh, yeah, and mint and. Yeah, maybe some Italian adventurer came to Lebanon and was like, hey, make this. And the Arabs were like, all right, let's add some sour milk in it and mint and make it our own. So that's one of my favorites. Anything with soup or vine leaves. Mm. Hey, have you tried them?
0: I have tried them. And I have to say, I love Middle Eastern food. Mm. It's probably one of my go to's Tamos. Oh, yes.
1: Baba ganoush. Yep, it's all coming yep. back to me now.
0: Tzatziki's.
1: Tzatziki is Greek, mate. <laughs> Okay, Mm, or (laughs) (laughs) or the Turkish Havoc judic. Okay, well, um,
0: let's go to the next phase of the the questioning, which is on understanding your body's physical baseline. So a lot of sports facilities, um, gyms and all that, they use these health markers like blood sugar markers, blood sugar levels, bone density, BMI, body mass index, fat percentage, cholesterols as, mm. as, as like mm. a guide, right? Yep. yep. Do you collect these kinds of data from your uh, customers that you coach mm-hmm. like in a You form and what do you do with it? How, how
1: do you interpret it? I think the first thing is all those um, different tests are great. Um, they all have a place, some more than others. Um, I definitely do a health screening with my clients but the first thing I ask is how are you? Mm. You know, straight up. Do you sleep? How do you feel? Do you sleep? How's your energy levels this morning? You know, obviously it changes from if you've, you know, had a good night's sleep or if you've had kids or if you're male or if you're female. So that's the number one thing. That's like raw data you get from people. Obviously, sometimes people, um, you know, aren't as honest, but they tend to realize later on. Um, The next step would be go to the doctors, get a poor blood blood test, um, check your blood pressure. I did, um, I did a test last year for about a month. I'd wake up every morning and check my blood pressure. I had a blood pressure machine. And um, some days I would feel like so out of it and tired, but my blood pressure was higher, higher than normal. Yeah, the days that were lower, it was when I could push more at the gym. Okay. Yeah, so really when you wake up, your blood pressure should be low. Mm-hmm. Right, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be as high. So it'd be good, good indication if you had a machine to kind of test yourself and see if you're feeling a little bit stressed. and it goes up. You know, if you haven't slept, it goes up. Right? I, I yeah. So I've, I've, I use my own system where I've got all my client information in there: height, weight, age, whatever they've given me. Uh, health screening as well in there, um, and obviously the conversations that we have. But you know, I recommend my clients use things like. Um, or Chronometer, you put all your calories in there. So obviously calories matter um, depending on your goal, fat loss, weight gain. Um, so it's called Chronometer. Um, and another app that I encourage people to use to help them um, drink water is mm. it's called um, it's the Pomodoro app. So basically you're at your desk and you're so busy you bring it up on your browser and it's, it's a countdown. So you're like, I've got to drink water every 15 minutes or so. Or I have to get up every 15 minutes. How, how often do you drink water? When I'm thirsty. <laughs> 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 Sounds silly, but that's it. Again, listening to the body. Sometimes um, you're more thirstier than other times. But yeah, I, I mean, I always have a bottle. I've got my Coke Zero now. Can't <laughs> drink it now. But um, when I'm training, I'm drinking at least a litre. Yeah, I'm on the desk. I've got my bottle. So again, it's 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 habit. It's just there. Mouth is dry. Boom, drink. So drink your water, guys. Yeah, hydration. Don't hydrate before you caffeinate.
0: <laughs> good one, good one. So yeah. hydrate before you. Yeah, because a
1: lot of people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is is they have a coffee, which is fine. Coffee. There's actually been a study where it's like debunked coffee um, dehydrating you. So, it, people, mm. did you hear that? Mm. Have you heard that before? So, but drink the water, flush it all out, have your coffee, go for it.
0: Mm. Mm. How do you pronounce your surname?
1: Sikkar. Sikkar. What does that Sikar mean? Sikad
0: means sugar in Arabic. Are you serious? Sweet Sally. Yeah, that's me. Oh, kurang manis. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, in Malay, it's called manis. Manis. Yeah. Uh, me manis means uh, sh- sweet.
1: Uh, sugar.
0: Mm. How do you say sugar? Um, Gula (laughs) Okay, so um, If you've just tuned in We are now joined by Nikki Yo. She's uh, my co-founder Of move8.org And she's a friend And she's also my fitness coach Um, So I'm going to bring Nikki in So she can post some Questions to Sally And take it away guys Please go as technical as you can Um, Nikki
2: Yes, Sally. How are you, Sally? Good. How are you going? Good, good. Yeah, we're um, very excited to have you on this morning. Thank you. Yeah, we have some questions here for you. Uh, my question to you, Sally, is that why did you start at bodybuilding?
1: Why I started bodybuilding? Um, or mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So, how, uh, well, if I go back and and I mentioned like being a a trainer. I never wanted to be a personal trainer. I went to uni with the premise of getting a more of a rehab kind of office job and I did. Um, worked um, for government for a few years and then um, when I decided I wanted to make more of an impact in terms of health and fitness because I saw someone very close to me, you know, uh, my dad, he unnecessarily died from a lifestyle disease. Something that could be very preventable. Um, So I thought, you know, that was a bit of a trigger to to make some kind of impact in life. So I left my corporate career and I delved straight into personal training. And from there, I thought, hey, um, I think I need to do a bodybuilding comp (laughs) because everybody seemed to be doing it. I don't know. I just wanted to push myself. So um, I started with that. First competition, terrible. Didn't look great. Second competition, amazing. Nailed it, and the third, you know, not not too bad. Um, looking back, it doesn't seem like I want to see how fit and healthy I was. I wanted to see how far I could push my body. That's why.
0: I think I think it's a big feat actually for anybody to take on that kind of a, a competition challenge, because how long did it take you to build your body up?
1: So first it was, I think I did twelve weeks, um, and then the next one was like eighteen weeks. Eighteen weeks, and. What was your diet like? Uh, It was, I ate, I had to eat a lot, believe it or not. Uh A lot of food initially. And then what you want to do is you slowly cut. Because if you straight away, you know, cut, um, a lot of food I mean you're exhausted by the second week it's not not maintainable so it's almost like you have to manipulate and um you know manipulate the body into thinking that here I'm going to give you all this food just keep training like yeah I'm going to keep training hard and then slowly slowly kind of cut it away because you know um the body can definitely adapt
2: it's really interesting huh um what is the methodology that you use to achieve your goal as the, a bodybuilder then um
1: The methods behind it is have a plan firstly, have a good support system and eat um, highly nutritious but um, food that's going to bulk you in terms of not bulking my body but more like keep me satiated. Okay, because that's a big thing, right? Why is this word coming up all what, the time? What, satiating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because you want to stay fuller for longer. Obviously, there's higher protein, there's carbohydrates are going to fuel you, there's fats which are going to help you uh, with your hormones because that's a big, big player. As you cut the calories, you're cutting fats, you know, um, you know, the body starts to understand that, you know, your output is more than your input and that's where there's a big, big um, discrepancy or imbalance in that. What, what was your go to like when it comes to like training and also nutrition? What was, what were your go to's? Uh, in terms of what specific food, mm. I love eggs, so I'm going to stick to things that I love because mm. I'm going to maintain it long enough, and I'm not going to go, oh, not again, you know. So I love eggs. I'll you know either boil them or. Um, I would fry them, add some, you know, different spices, you know, rice. Rice was a. I I love rice, so I'll eat that to the cows, come home, mushrooms. Um, if I wanted something sweet, it would, it would either be like a yogurt or, um, you know, some, some form of protein bar or a little bit of chocolate. Um, but when I finished doing my sports nutrition certificate, I understood – um completely that calories definitely do matter and you can definitely incorporate chocolate into your diet.
0: Yeah. I, I like the fact that you're you're always sort of like championing for people to do what's sustainable. Yeah. So like if you like blackberries for example, these are so delicious. Um go for it, you know, like like, don't try and cut yourself out of, of, of that. Uh, what's that mentality behind that? Is there some some kind of psychology or some kind of thing about when you're resisting, yeah, you actually tend to want more of that?
1: There's probably a psychology around it. So if I said to you, don't do that, mm. you'd be like, I think I want to do that. Mm. It's like wet paint. Don't touch the wet paint. Don't. And you're like, hmm. Why? What would happen if I touch it? Don't
0: eat chocolate.
1: Exactly. So if you feel like, hey man, you can have it. You can have. You can have that chocolate. Okay. Well, I don't. That doesn't have a hold on me anymore because I control it now. I'm like, mm, I don't feel like that today. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So being sustainable in your food is very important, and I think that's one of the big reasons um, that a, a lot of people are failing because there's in terms of health and fitness because there's. So many more gyms than there were five years ago. Mm. So many more trainers. So much more um, content. So much more apps that are helping you. Yet, What were your obesity rates that you mentioned before? Or your lifestyle diseases?
0: It's actually 9 out of 10 Aussies who are dying are yeah. dying uh, of a non-communicable disease. Yeah. Which so is shocking. So it's not the facilities. It's probably how we approach things. Come to think of it, that's a very interesting thought.
2: Yeah, there's actually signs to say that uh, um, it's not so much the person that is uh, you can't control it. Uh, it could be that the people are actually addicted to um, this addiction that people have. They're not able to control the uh, uh, the uh, the addiction. Like for certain things, like you can't you're not satiated because there's too much um, production of insulin in your system. How how does that work for bodybuilding then? So I
1: can only speak on my personal experience, but when you become fitter, your body is able to, you know, utilize carbohydrates, become less insulin resistant, you know, in terms of uh, building your body up and training, you need carbohydrates to, that's the body's preferred fuel source. And especially when you're strength training, um, you need that to fuel you to be able to grow the muscle and perform the exercise. So not, it doesn't always work for everyone. But when you also strength train, um, you know, it, it helps with all those biomarkers. It definitely any kind of movement helps. Like I always encourage clients to walk. Can you walk? Yes. It's great. Like I think there was a, a program on TV where a dietician um, had a big meal and sat down and then she tested her blood glucose and it was like through the roof mm. um you know and then the body regulated and it dropped down it took about i don't know maybe two hours mm-hmm. to come down um to about maybe a six it went up to i think 11 or 12 but um then she did another test where she had the same amount of food went for a walk and it came down quicker so what does it tell you you need to move it definitely helps with the with, with, uh, body's breaking down. And, you know, instead of it just kind of pooling in the blood, it gets sucked through the muscles. The muscles become really efficient at utilizing because that's what you want to do. When you're strength training, when you're exercising, you want to deplete your muscles of that glycogen which is carbs, and then your body just goes. Sht. That's why you see bodybuilders—they just uh, or people with strength train—they're just eating carbohydrates, and you're like, how do you not have a problem? Well, it's because we're our muscles become so efficient and proficient at using it that it just goes straight from the digestive system, breaks down, goes straight into the muscles and being utilized.
0: I, I remember Nikki, you did um, an interview with a radio station a few years ago, and you were talking about how fat is actually lost. Remember
2: that? Yes, the breathing exercise. The
0: breathing exercise. So Nikki posed this question to the radio DJ in Malaysia. And she was saying, uh, do, do you know how you actually lose fat? And we were like, oh, how?
1: how You know how? It's oxidization. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I, I think. Yeah. So we, we've got to get that fat in that, in that cell. We need to get it out. And how do you get it
2: out? Through oxygen.
0: Mm. And that's why drinking water is important. Drinking water is definitely well. important
1: for expiration.
2: Yeah, Sally, if you were to only have thirty minutes a day, um, say three times a week, what would you recommend a workout that would um, uh, that you would focus on? Would it be strength training, cardio, or flexibility?
1: I guess um, that's a great question, and it def- definitely depends on the individual and. Um, you know what they have around them. I did a. I started my own podcast called Me Movement on the mic. In the recent episode, I talk about cardio versus strength training. Um, what's the best What's the best mechanism for fat loss? And um, obviously, the studies show that cardio or aerobic training is a great way. <clears throat> excuse me to to help with fat loss. The studies are there. And then if you compare cardio or aerobic training and in the time, so if you do 30 minutes of aerobic training and 30 minutes of strength training, obviously cardio wins in that sense. Um, however, you're not getting the lean muscle mass in strength training. You're not getting this uh, if you're, if you're just doing the aerobic, um, in the strength training, you get the strength training, um, you get the lean muscle, um, an increase. So I, I would say, like, I mean, it depends on what you like. Like, I like both. So I'm going to do both. Okay? Um, and it also depends on your goal. Is your goal to lose fat? Is your goal just to, for maintenance? Do you just want to move? Because if you just want to move, go for a walk for 30 minutes. You know, so again, it definitely depends on the individual. It depends on your goal. And obviously, calories matter in all of these.
2: So, yeah, I hope that answered the question. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, that definitely makes sense. The other thing is that, um, you know, the, uh, the importance of lean muscle mass. Uh, how do you see uh, this part of uh, lean muscle mass contributing to uh, the society's health, especially for uh, the aging society?
1: Uh, I would love um, every every person every person to do strength training, especially people over the age of fifty. Um, I think it's I can't remember what the statistics say, but you know, um, when you reach um, forty, you know, there's a decline in lean muscle mass by a certain percentage, and then once you hit fifty, it just completely drops. So you, you know you see a lot of um, elderly people who struggle getting up and down. And that's to strengthen their legs. And what, what happens when you can't get up and, and out of your seat and do everyday things? You need assistance. You need help. And that's when you become less independent. Well. That's right. And then that's where the mental health begins because you go, I was once like this and look at me now. So it is so important to maintain lean muscle, especially as we age, because um, you, want, you want to keep your independence.
0: Absolutely. Do you think a couch potato type of personality like, well, I I actually am very much a couch potato. Um, do you think we have the possibility of being coached into an elite athlete? Is there a slight chance that I could be coached? Let's say I was only 25 mm-hmm. uh, and I've lived a pretty sort of like chill lifestyle, mm. never really trained. But I had a particular skill and he said, hey, Jasmine, I'm going to coach you and turn you into an elite athlete.
1: Do you think it's possible? Anything is possible. But again, it depends on um, what you want, you know, and are you going to apply yourself? Like, again, we're going to go back to the why. What is your why? If you're like, I really like this game and, and I think I can, I can really be really good at it and I just need your help, then yeah, let's do it. Let's have a good crack at it. But if you're, you don't know why then it's going to be very hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, the why was that a
1: trick question? Was that a trick question?
0: Not at all, not at all. <laughs>
2: uh, Sally, maybe you can share about uh, um, the programming that you use, you know, in, in terms of uh, sets and reps uh, for you to achieve during your bodybuilding time, now I'm referring to, uh, to achieve your bodybuilding goal.
1: The biggest thing for me was routine. So uh, and every week I would like I'd, I'd write down my base so just say I did lift a certain amount um, and and perform a certain amount of exercises then uh, I would increase the volume so I'd I'd make sure I'd do that for at least three to four weeks and then I would definitely drop the reps down because you know there's been studies where everyone says volume is great for in, to increase lean muscle mass and you um, and you know power lifters do a great job but it's all about um you know activating that muscle yeah M- muscle synthesis so it's just like how if 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 you're doing the same thing and you're not changing then you're doing something wrong so you have to do some a block of of movements to get to get a specific amount of change and everybody's different you know you get people who just start training I don't know if you've seen like you know let's just say you know 14 year old boys you got the testosterone going they start training and they see massive changes obviously it's the it's the testosterone but it's also that you know initial stage where you've never done anything before so you're gonna ha- you're gonna see massive changes but as you go through your um, years and you work out you start to do little tweaks and you and you kind of test and you say okay this didn't work but this might work yeah so definitely about volume um you you know, starting off with you know, the, the the normal like 12 reps, three rounds, and then you start to manipulate your recovery period. So instead of resting for, you know, 40 seconds, you rest for 20 seconds. So the, you know, y- your muscle doesn't have time to recover. And then so you're pushing a little bit more and then you start to play around with your uh, tempo. So instead of just going, you know, up and down, up and down, you're like slow down, pause, drive it up. So you don't actually have to add more weight. You can manipulate it that way. and that's that's basically what I did. I just tested myself. What was the lowest percentage of fat
0: in your body oh when you were training?
1: The last competition I did, I did a DEXA scan which is it's sometimes it's not accurate, but it was like f- 6 weeks before the competition and my body fat percentage was 12%. Mm. And it was 6 weeks before. Mm. So that was very low. Not great, especially for females being um in that range, but that's it's, and it was very, it's very unrealistic to maintain that.
0: It's basically for competition. Yeah,
1: that's it. You can't, you can't maintain that. It's very unhealthy. It'll do your head in, not great for your hormones, especially females. So um, yeah, that was the lowest. Would you do it again? I don't know, maybe yeah. Mm. So tell
0: us a little bit more about the Olympics
1: uh,
0: qualifications you went for.
1: So it was—it's not really Olympics. I just—I just wanted to try a different type of movement. So um, I'm probably starting to do that again. It's more Olympic lifting. So cleans, snatches, clean and jerk. Um, it's just again by. Just wanted to try something different, keep it fresh and, you know, stimulate different types of muscles. And I guess that's how I keep my interest in movement, by trying different things and not just doing the same thing. That's that's personally me. So as we're celebrating International
0: Women's Day, the message out there is drink more water, do your weights and uh, strength training. Mm. Um, what else?
1: Eat more plant-based
0: fiber. Eat more fiber. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and watch
1: the self-talk.
0: Watch the self-talk. Yeah,
1: that's a big, big one. No one seems to mention that, especially when someone just comes into a gym and they're like, I want to train, I want to do that. It's like, okay, what's the first thing you say to yourself when you get up or when you can't fit into your jeans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't say it on, on this podcast. It's going to be bleeping a bit. Beep.
0: <laughs> Nikki, um, do you have any other final questions for Sally.
2: Yes, um, our final questions here in the, from Malaysia would be: uh, What would your advice be for um, female young bodybuilder who wants to go into the um, the competition?
1: Um, firstly, congratulations that you're considering it because it's definitely hard, um, and a lot of people can do it, but a lot of people struggle with it. So the big thing again, we're going to go back to the you know self talk, you know. It, you, there has to be a reason why you're doing it and watch yourself talk because, you know, like I developed a body dysmorphia during the comp- competition because I'd look at myself and be like, oh, it's, I'm really big, but I wasn't. Yeah. So you, because it's comp- completely judged on your looks. Hmm. Okay. So get a good support system, get a coach because they're the kind of person that they're going to give you feedback, constant feedback on that. So I think it's really important and, you know, enjoy the process. How long do you think a person should have a coach for? How long is a piece of string?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it Look, it depends on the individual, again, depends on their goals. Like, you know, they've got athletes out there that have coaches forever. They change coaches. Um, you've got people who like coaches as a, as a you know, accountability and support um, during their goals. Um, I think there's a coach... Um, for everyone out there. Um, And and remember this, like, you know, people say, oh, but a coach is so expensive. And I'm like, well, um, you know, these coaches are very experienced, very educated, and you're basically getting all their education for free. So think about all the information that you will learn and empower yourself to be able to go to any gym or go to any facility and, um, you know, utilize every equipment because you've gained that knowledge
0: true true you've spent a lot of time and money into uh, you know resources into developing yourself personally I get as well tr- i
1: get coaches i'm getting coached by a dietitian right now just to improve my thinking get the, getting that science-based information you know i've always got coaches um and and it's just helps me be a better trainer and a better coach to my clients
2: um yeah i think that a coach is a very important uh, just like how uh the greatest athlete, uh, Nicole David, had her coach for such a long time, you know, uh, when she was a teen until, I think, way before when she was a teen until just before she retired.
1: Yep. And it's, it's kind of like mentor, mentors as well. Like you have teachers and then you, 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 you know, you, you hit the workforce and you've got like, you know, your manager. Sometimes they become, you know, you meet mentors and they, they guide you. It's the same thing with health and fitness. I think that's
0: a very, very good analogy.
1: Thanks. <laughs> I did that one. I came up with that one on my own. Oh, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the Coke Zero. What,
0: what do you do for fun? When you Are you in the gym or are you usually outdoors?
1: Um, I like being in the gym. It's my me time when I work out. I like to take my puppy, Layla for a w- walk.
2: Layla.
1: Yes, I named her after the song. Okay. Um I love spending time with my family, with my partner cooking. Um but yeah, family is a big thing, cooking and just eating food with my mom. <laughs> so,
0: um before we go, remember we said when we were reading out Sally's intro, that she used to sing. Oh no! Now before we go, we, before we go, you gotta you, do this. You gotta pick
1: a song. I can't just sing like that.
0: Anything, Mariah Carey.
1: Oh my God! The, the the hardest singer in the world. <laughs> you want me to hit that note or anybody? I have no idea. Oh, you gotta pick on. a song. Oh, maybe Kelly Roll. Hey, what about Beyonce? What's a Beyonce song? Um, anytime you need a friend. Okay. <laughs> if you're lonely. I need a friend and troubles seem like they never end. Just remember to keep the faith and love will be there to light the way. Anytime you need a friend, I will be here. Never be alone again. I've got it now. So don't you feel, even if you're miles away, I'm by your side. So don't you ever be lonely. Was that happy? Is that all right?
0: Beautiful. Tomorrow, okay. Thank Woo! you,
1: Sally. <laughs> That's
0: amazing.
1: It's like I've done a workout.
0: That's amazing. Drink, <laughs> drink some water.
1: Drink some Coke Zero, I will. Thank you. Eat some cucumber. Eat some cucumber.
0: Sully, thank you so much for coming down here. Um, we're here at Sydney Podcast Studios, a beautiful suburb of St. Leonard's with our wonderful uh, and amazing sound technician and co-founder, well, founder, sorry. He's not a co-founder. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thanks Rod for your help. Thank you, Nikki, uh, all the way from KL. Hang in there. And we'll be doing some virtual training and coaching sessions very soon, yeah? Absolutely. Thanks, Sally.
1: My pleasure.